1: Alright folks, welcome back to the Mountain West Wire football podcast, mid-season recap edition. Check us out, MWWire.com, Facebook, Twitter, MWC wire. Just Google search Mountain West Wire or, Matt, if you're feeling um, up to it, go to Ask.com and search there and see what shows up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true, huh?
1: When I was in San Francisco or the Bay Area, I went past the Ask.com building I'm like, oh, that's a thing still? It is. Apparently <laughs> it's thriving well enough to... It's not Ash Jeeves because I remember Ash Jeeves, the little Butler logo. That was
0: impressive. That's, yeah.
1: All right. So, this show, let's get to it right now. We don't need to waste time because we want to get through this because we have recording double duty today. You'll get two podcasts on Thursday, October 18th. Is that today?
0: That is correct. Oh, boy. Almost
1: Halloween. This show, recap of the midseason of the Mountain West, we'll go through some disappointments, surprises, all conference team, people fighting us because, uh, Matt, you got to. Are you with the Fresno State mob against us on the all conference team you voted on?
0: Hey, all I'm gonna say is don't blame me for that. Blame everybody else. I oh! voted for. I voted for. I voted for a lot of bulldogs. I'm not gonna for... lie.
1: Hold on, did you vote for Keyshawn Johnson?
0: No, I did not. We'll talk about that.
1: Right, we'll get that later. So this is sort of take two, or not sort of. It is because my computer crashed. And good thing Matt is only five minutes in this time, right? Yeah, that's true. Not too bad. So let's kind of get re relive our conversation a bit. We were talking about biggest disappointments, biggest um, from our preseason, from our staff projections. Um, I guess our biggest miss on the good end, we start with the Hawaii because, Matt, you need to start um, telling teams, telling people, or yourself, go to Nevada, or maybe it'll be legal in California by the time next season comes around. Let people know your two-win projected team from this year, who we already know, and then we'll parlay that next year to a 10-win conference championship contender.
0: Yeah, can we call it the uh, the Matt doesn't believe in you reverse jinx? <laughs>
1: That's kind of long. What about the Kennerley effect?
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that that has a nice ring to it. Maybe we,
1: we need a hashtag. That's like it sounds like a scientific study.
0: Yeah, because this is basically <laughs> the third year in a row where a team that I projected to win two games is at least at a minimum in very good shape to earn bowl eligibility, and it's it could be the third year in a row, you know, following Wyoming two years ago and President State last year, that a team wins the division. Who was it the year before uh, no. then? Because you had. I had Fresno State winning two games last year, and then two years ago it was Wyoming.
1: Oh, Wyoming. Okay. I was trying to think of the prior team. Yeah. So, okay. That's fine. Oh, oh excuse me. Geez, I had a weird snort cough thing going on. That's kind of awkward. All right. So, t- who'd you pick at two wins this year? Do we have? Do you have that readily available in front of you?
0: I do. I actually had three teams Ooh. projected to win two games this year. Uh, San Jose State has been. They might not win two games. <laughs> Sadly, kind of on the money. Um, and then I also had New Mexico going 2-10 as well. And they've surprised me a little bit, especially on the offensive end. Who was your third team? Hawaii.
1: Oh, that's right. That's why. So, interesting. All right. So, hmm, maybe Lobos? We'll see. I don't know. Just wait until our preseason show next year to before you place your bets. All right. So, Hawaii, obviously, Cole McDonald, running through the offense, running through every team possible except for our terrible BYU call. Are they, They're they going to get bull eligible. They have one more win on the schedule, I'm I'm
0: yeah, I mean I think that the schedule difficulty definitely gets more difficult from here because, of course, they haven't played San Diego or Fresno. And Utah State um, as well. And and Utah State, so they get the big three. But at least according to S&P Plus, they are projected to win two more games this year. So they have not to look forward to.
1: They'll get to that. Okay, so the other end of spectrum we mentioned before years was Colorado State, the opposite end. Yes. because. And as I mentioned before, like our staff rejection, I'm trying to pull them up again since my computer was being so friendly. We had CSU, what, third?
0: I think so, yeah. I'm
1: trying to check here. I don't want to type and go. But the Mountain Division was kind of Boise State and everybody else. Nobody really had a idea because Wyoming was picked second by the media. I think it was CSU, Utah State. But they've, I think the problem was, we know it's a defense. It's been utterly worse than we thought it could be, right? Because, Colorado is not very good. They scale up 40 points. We didn't know what make of Hawaii the first week of the season because we you call, you nailed it. Though. You're like, they'll be fun to watch if nothing else. And they're mm-hmm. very fun to watch and good, which is even better. But the defense with new coordinators, not very good. Offense outside of KJ Carter-Samuels. But overall, line, line play and running play has been the big disappointment for me
0: yeah pretty much I mean I thought that even despite a lot of new skill position players that they would be able to hold on to most of what they were able to do last year on offense and I mean you hit the nail right on the head the running game has been a huge disappointment especially Izzy Matthews he's only averaging 3.9 yards per carry uh, and I mean despite the duo of Preston Williams and Ola B.C. Johnson like the, they haven't been as explosive on offense as you might expect either certainly not as explosive as they were with Johnson and Michael Gallup last year. And the defense, which I thought would take a step forward with the new coordinator, mm-hmm. you know they they've shown some signs of life in the last couple of weeks, but for most of 2018 so far, it's just been not very good. So while there are some things you can kind of hold on to and say you know these are the kinds of things that could lead to a turnaround for the Rams, I think there's no doubt. I mean I had them winning nine games before the year. And finishing six and two in conference, so for me that's been the biggest disappointment.
1: Yeah, because look at their schedule the rest of the way. They, there's a path to six wins: Wyoming, at Nevada, at Air Force. Potentially, mm-hmm. not likely, but there's there's a chance it could happen. For me, I guess it's Nevada because I was too high in Nevada. They're my super dark horse. They've been they they around Boise State. They had chances they've been offense hasn't been like the Vanderbilt game kind of really ticked me off where they did nothing against Vanderbilt. Um, just really quick, right now I w- I clicked on FPI for that Nevada CSU game inadvertently. They're giving Nevada a seventy five percent chance to win that game, just if you're wondering. Interesting. But like Nevada, like the Vanderbilt game was terrible. Toledo, they played okay, a lot of points. Fresno, they just couldn't do anything. I'd say their defense is probably not as bad as we thought it'd be because Malik Green, with the position change, has been quite well. He, I think, he made our mid season team. But it's just uh they don't seem to be have a complete team yet because yeah, be, they're beating teams. They probably should beat air force minor upset on the road, but like, yeah, beat Oregon state. That should happen. Beat Portland state. Yeah. Um, they've been winning against teams. We thought they do. I just kind of thought like, well, Vanderbilt doesn't seem to be very good. Maybe Toledo because the points they're in there, but they're, and they're still, I think maybe bowl games. They got Hawaii, um, San Jose state, UNLV. I think the bowl games in their future. Would you agree?
0: I mean, I definitely do. I had them at 7-5 and five before the season, and, and I remember our conversation about whether we liked Nevada or UNLV more uh, as a dark horse in the West. I think the thing about Nevada, especially when you look at how they've done on the season so far, is that we haven't seen the offense and the defense kind of show up in the same game, except for maybe the Air Force game. Mm-hmm where, you know, the defense gave them a chance to win early and the offense did enough to kind of keep the Falcons at bay. But other than that, you know, we saw an offensive explosion against Toledo, for instance, but they couldn't stop the Rockets at all. You know, we saw, you know, one half of really great play against Oregon State and then they kind of had to hang on for that particular win. And then the defense played, I think, pretty well against Fresno State, but the, the offense without Ty Yanji was a little bit limited so I think that there's definitely a chance that there's still gonna be a headache for the rest of the teams in the in the West Division, especially. Like they're they're not favored to win at Hawaii or home against San Diego State, but I do think that they've got a chance to make things really interesting if they could pull an upset or two.
1: Yeah, and then who knows at the end of year UNLV because is uh Rodgers Rogers could be healthy and back to play. Yeah. <laughs> so that's hard to tell, but and that's a team I so let's go to the should we go to the all conference team real quick yeah let's do it so we put out the um ballots to our staff and I think mo- I think overall we did a pretty good job so here's if you haven't heard or what's going on here's how it went out be- best coach Matt Wells Utah State is that who you voted for
0: uh I must have missed that form
1: <laughs> to be there was I did a couple I did one that was offensive one that was defensive and then one that was kind of some
0: topics. Okay, I think I missed that topics one. So who would you have voted for? I think I would have voted for Jeff Tedford.
1: That's where some Fresno fans are getting at us. I, from the votes that came in, it was all Nick Rolovich or Matt Wells.
0: See, here's the thing. I think there are at least four guys that you could make a reasonable argument for. Mm-hmm. Like just because I would have voted for Tedford doesn't mean that the arguments for Wells and, at least in my opinion, Rolovich and Rocky Long mm-hmm. are pretty sound you know for the Aztecs despite missing a couple of their biggest offensive stars they've been able to claw their way to a lot of close wins and obviously Utah State's taken the step forward that a lot of Aggies fans expected especially on offense they've just been blowing the doors off of everybody Mm -hmm. you know for me it's about you know they're the Bulldogs are kind of doing the opposite of what Utah state's been doing where the, the offense has definitely taken a step forward, but it's been all about the defense in the San Joaquin Valley. And then of course with Hawaii, you know, they had the big run early in the year where they were, you know, high flying offense and a defense that was just good enough to get by. So, you know, obviously all those teams are definitely going to be in the mix going forward. And I would not be surprised by any of those guys winning that same honor at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, that's where some people are upset it's like, well why is it Tedford? Why is it not Tedford? I'm like, well, there's a couple ways you can look at it. Exceeding expectations, which is where Rolovich and uh Wells come into play. That's mm-hmm. a good argument for be coach of the year and like the so Rocky Long losing players but still winning, and then what Tedford's or Tedford's doing. They just keep winning and had one blip of the radar where they could have won. But at the end of the year, it's likely going to be it's it's usually the coach that wins a conference.
0: Right, mm-hmm.
1: is because they announce most announced, of the time. Yeah, yeah. Do they they announce this after the title game? Is that correct?
0: Oh, I don't remember that off the top. I, of my I forget. Head.
1: But it's usually going to be the team that wins the conference. So if it's going to be the best coach at the end of the year, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those four. Regardless, even I guess may even if Boise State does get to the division and win the conference, I don't know if it would go to Harson. Maybe it would, but it's going to be one of those four, and Harson probably a middle and fifth behind those guys.
0: Although here's a fun fact, though. What's that? just to, to kind of disrupt your argument that you're making Uh-oh. four of the last five coaches to win coach of the year did not win the conference
1: okay then I'm completely wrong I just said <laughs> so who were they who... The, the,
0: uh, the, only, the only coach to win the conference was Rocky Long in 2015 but you know moving backwards from last wait, season wait Brian was... Harson
1: didn't get it the year before and they went to the festival
0: Brian Harson has never won coach of the year
1: who won it that year
0: Uh, that would be Jim McElwain
1: interesting Okay.
0: Yeah. So going backwards, it's been Tedford, Craig Bull, Long, McElwain, and then Matt Wells in twenty thirteen.
1: Hmm. I am sort of surprised. I guess that Jim, the Craig Jim Bull, Craig Bull was the same year. New Mexico tied for the conference, right?
0: I think so. Also, yeah.
1: One quick note, like the dominance of Fresno State, we'll get to later. People are like, oh, Utah State, Utah State, they are doing amazing. They're winning by so many points. Did you know margin of victory of Fresno is better than Utah State? Oh no! Crap! They were not anymore. Never mind. Disregard. I looked at that two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's close though. Fresno State's margin of victory is sixteen point two. Utah State's 21.2. But um, yeah. But never mind. It, it was didn't different. Surprise me. At all. A couple weeks ago, Fresno State was ahead of that margin. So.
0: Well, I mean, Utah State keeps scoring fifty points a game. So.
1: But it's it's if... it, yes, but you could look at it two ways. Utah State scored a ton of points. They're allowing a decent amount of points as well. Whereas mm-hmm. Fresno State. Like, look, they won twenty-one to three. The margin of yeah. victory. What's more impressive, twenty-one three or like fifty to thirty-two? That's my. That's kind of picky, nitpicky. But that's my point. It's like, well, maybe twenty-one three is more dominant because your defense stood up and did, gave up
0: nothing. So, what about offensive and defensive player of the year? Because if you haven't looked at the article, our offensive player of the year was Cole McDonald, Hawaii quarterback, and our defensive player of the year was Utah State linebacker David Woodward. So were those your choices?
1: Yes, they were. They're were both. Well, I mean, sorry, I voted for them. I didn't make these picks. Let me rephrase, rephrase that. Those, those are the two players I voted for.
0: So since I didn't see that form, who, like who were the options for offensive player of the year?
1: I let people fill in whoever they wanted. Same with oh, defense. Okay. I did not go, i am double defense for sure, because there's so many defenders. I'm like, just I'll, I'll leave it open-ended and the defense, which is quite interesting. Um, the vote, the way the vote went out, it was two votes. There's about ten. Not everybody voted, unfortunately. We had about ten votes. Two votes for David Woodward, a single vote for everybody else.
0: For, like, <laughs> seven <laughs> other players.
1: All right. And so it's like – and looking through, it's like you can't argue. And I go through numbers and I put up the little article. Woodward is, when you look at his numbers, we'll stick with defense here. He was top ten. He was the only player in the conference, top ten in total tackles, tackles for loss, and sacks. And, and then I go deeper in it cuz people played 5 to 7 games in a per game basis cuz he missed one game so average per game he's at or sixth in every category in those 3 so looking at that that's fair i think that's well deserved right or is there is somebody else you would have voted for or who did you
0: vote for <sighs> or you missed that form i forgot sorry <laughs> so
1: it's hard it's it's hard to pick so like it's...
0: So let me let me frame it like this. I might I might be about to have another Leighton Vander Esch moment right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> because are we sure he's even the defensive player of the year on his own defense?
1: The other vote was for Toppy there, the other guy.
0: Tipa Galli. Tipa Galli has been insanely good this year.
1: He has been insanely good.
0: And he's just been better across the board than Woodward. I mean other than obviously total tackles, but he has an advantage in tackles for loss, mm-hmm. sacks, run stuffs, he has a pick six. He's mm-hmm. forced two fumbles. And, you know, while both of those guys have been really good, they've both been kind of the leading reasons why Utah State ranks in the top 40 as far as havoc rate is concerned among linebackers. I just, I mean, if it were me, if I were picking Utah State defenders, mm-hmm. I probably would have picked galli It's fair.
1: And also I feel like it um, Woodward, just some more numbers. Like he has a, a one-pass defended and a forced fumble as well. So, it w- it was close. Like, everybody voted. Like, there is one for Jabril Frazier. A handful of guys voted. So, we might, but also we get messages from a certain defensive player in the conference, like, to DM us occasionally. He's like, You just look at stats. I'm like, Well, there are players where they can make an impact if they, like, cornerbacks. Like, not to say a cornerback would get this award, but they may not throw to you and you take away half the field. And mm-hmm. so, we don't watch that closely for guys like that. But, argument can be made for both. I feel. Woodward's fine, but maybe... I did I did vote for Woodward because I looked at the overall. I guess tackles, it's whatever, but to pick six versus BYU and other things he's done, more destructive, but...
0: I feel personally responsible for this outcome.
1: It could have been a tie. You could, Matt... It could
0: have been a tie. Because you know who I would have voted for? And I'm, I'm not going to make you change the article now or anything. Too late. Exactly. I would have voted for Malik Reid.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: Why is that? It, because... You know, one, he had a position switch that nobody else in the conference had to deal with, you know, moving from defensive line to linebacker.
1: And I believe he did get a vote as well. I'm double checking, though.
0: And two, he's been insanely good as a linebacker. Mm -hmm. You know, he has five sacks. He has nine and a half tackles for loss. He has three forced fumbles. So he has been, you know, every bit as good as he was when he had his hand in the dirt on every play. And I mean, I think you could definitely make cases for a few different guys. I think I probably would have been my runner-up if I had a choice. Well, I guess I did have a choice, and I just neglected it. Matt, you, you ruined everything. I ruined everything. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize, especially to all the Nevada fans oh, out there.
1: I will. We'll, we'll get to offense in a second. I made an error on that, but um, um, let me see real quick. Defense, defense. Where'd it go? Um, shoot. I just I'm looking at the list here. Um, here's the P players who got votes. If you're wondering, Josh Watson. Malik Reed, Andrew Wingard, David Woodward, Jabul Fraser, Tyler Horton, David Woodward, Johnny Tavai, and uh, Gale. So I mean, I think
0: most of those have reasonable cases.
1: They do. So we'll we'll see. But you're right. What I'd say would you see? I don't know. It's it's tough. Like there's a lot of good defenders, and we're halfway through the season. So if it, if if um tippa happens to keep going and woodward maybe takes a step back a little bit or maybe millie greed does something amazing for nevada so we'll see but there's a lot of good players right i don't definitely i wouldn't say nobody's complained i had one utah state guy so how close was it for tippa to get there i'm like well there's like an eight-way tie for second (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so let's go to offense real quick this is an interesting note it was a cole mcdonald who you know it's interesting i did the same thing where i'm like hey put who you want um nobody voted for josh love
0: well, why would they vote for Josh Love?
1: Utah State fans are coming after me saying Josh Love. No, 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 no.
0: That, no. Josh Love is San Jose State. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> you might be referring to Jordan Love. <laughs> oh,
1: gosh. Yeah. Good call. Jordan Love, he got zero votes. The people who voted for and we had seven for Cole McDonald, um, two for Brett Rippin, and one for Marcus St. Marion. Where would your vote would have gone, Matt, had you been responsible to vote? (laughs)
0: Had I been been responsible, I probably would have voted for McDonald as well. Because while I do think that there's a very solid case for love, the one big thing I come down to is McDonald has had more responsibility thrust upon him as passer Mm -hmm. than any other quarterback in the conference. And I think that, you know, despite his most recent struggles against BYU, he has answered the bell better than anybody could have anticipated coming into the year. You know, 64% completion rate, 26 touchdowns, three interceptions. And while there's no doubt that Jordan Love has been very good, three he
1: Three-time player of the week. Three that's true.
0: But he just hasn't had to do quite as much to get the offense to where it needs to be.
1: Yeah, and also, it's part of it's, it is part of a numbers game because look what McDonald's done for the run and shoot. But also, if you look at yeah, tr- McDonald, how do you play to versus? Well, he could have thirty touchdowns. He doesn't. But the three picks for the amount of times they throw only three interceptions is amazing. He throws eight more times per game than Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. He has a better quarterback rating. Obviously, more yards per game because the offense. They have, he has a better complete or not better completion percentage, 67-64. yards per attempt are the same, and so. It's also – these midseason stuff is typically a numbers game. You know what I mean? It's like he's just outpacing the – like in the, in, t- in total yards. I know he's played in uh, six games out of seven. Next closest guy is like 400 yards behind him in K.J. Carter Samuels. Mm-hmm. And so he's 335 per game. It's like and – and also, well, what about ready? Like, well, he has 300-plus rushing yards, two loves uh, 20-something, a couple touchdowns. He doesn't get sacked very often. So it's like – I'm fine. There's some Utah State fans. Where's Jordan? Where's Love? Why is he out there? I'm like, well, he's been great. He's been very good. But
0: that's if- true. I mean, <laughs> McDonald has literally run. If you, after you adjust for sacks, he's run for literally five times as many yards as Love has.
1: <laughs> I know. It's like, come on,
0: people. It's not disrespecting. It's not
1: like it's if you like him, you hate him. It's like, no. It's it's fine. I, I felt that was appropriate. There's some Utah State fans getting after us. I'm like, okay, cool.
0: So what about the teams themselves? What are your thoughts on what we came up with?
1: The uh, the teams? Um, I will say, here's who we have real quick. There was one error. Wyoming guy got after us a bit. I I guess we didn't look closely enough. But Cole McDonald was quarterback, obviously. Um, Running back was weird because we thought running back would be amazing. Lexington Thomas, UNLV, despite the past two weeks that were poor. And Darwin Thompson, Utah State.
0: See, I almost wondered whether Thompson and Bright would split the vote somehow because they've both been really good.
1: They split a little bit. Hmm. Like one or, like there was, um, let me pull it up here. I'll grab it in a minute, but there was uh, at least one or two votes for Thompson. One guy we neglected or people didn't vote for is Nico Evans, which we should have seen. I don't know why we didn't. He missed, maybe because he missed a couple games, but it, he has the most yards by a mile and he didn't even make the list.
0: Yeah, that might have been an oversight on everybody's part.
1: Yeah, it's because if you go to like CFB stats, like if you sort by, if you just go to the normal setting, he's not showing up because the amount of te- amount of games he plays, only played five. He's averaged 134 yards per game. He has a, uh, which is, because if you sort by that, he doesn't appear. I don't know why he doesn't appear. Maybe people are sorting and didn't notice that. You can only notice him if you see total yards. Mm-hmm. And number two is Lexington Thomas at five fifty two. And I admitted Jawad Washington because he didn't play, he missed a couple of games. But Nico Evans, he's played five. At, I don't know. Maybe people don't see it. Four TDs. He should be on the list. But like Thompson, he's doing great. Um, Bright, doing good. But it's. Uh, that's what he picked. But I think that'll change the end of the year if Nico Evans could actually. Because look at what he's going up against. Look how many guys are in the box. Like They're just forcing them to run the ball, and he's doing the job. He had a slow start, but he does two big games. And so he that's probably the biggest miss on our staff side not picking Nico Evans.
0: So what about what about other spots that kind of caught your attention? Because uh, for me, figuring out who to vote for, a wide receiver, was really hard.
1: I, it wasn't hard for me. I picked the two so best who, guys. So who did you vote for? I voted for John Ursura and Preston Williams, and those were the first guys on the list.
0: Now, see, I feel like you're disrespecting McLean Mannix right there.
1: <sighs> he got some votes. Why? What? Because... What? What, would, what argument would you make? Why would you put him in there instead of uh, Williams? I'm assuming.
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) it's hard to say who I would who I would have kicked out. That's what you got to say when when people. But I mean, there's a there's a reason like when I set up the preseason vote that I that I allowed for three receivers. I know. worry about something like this. Sorry, I put
1: I put two running backs, two receivers. I chose a tight end. Should I not have done a tight end? But Josh Oliver is really good.
0: No, I know, I know that. Um, I'm just saying, like he's been every bit the big receiver, especially big play receivers down the field. That. He was last year, you know, at least as far as uh, 20 yard plays are concerned, he's, you know, the only person he trails is John Ursua Mm -hmm. and he is tied with Preston Williams, 10 catches of over 20 plus yards. So I think that he definitely had a very strong argument and, you know, maybe Keyshawn Johnson as well, even though he doesn't have quite as many opportunities because Fresno State tends to be a little more conservative offense that was He's a big one bit. as
1: well that was what people were complaining about i'm like well i maybe with manix let's you fish a second but manic maybe people, people are looking he only has 29 catches maybe that's why and it, that 29 can, catches
0: 19.4 I yards no no, no i guess
1: i'm just saying maybe like well why is he not that productive in offense which they pass it around to a lot of different players so maybe people are looking into catches like per game receptions. He only has four whereas like ursura a Williams 7.4 even Keisha Johnson who has only 38 is at 6.3 and still well ahead of Mannix Mm -hmm. so maybe people looked at that way looked at that way
0: yeah so I mean I don't have any real complaints with the the two guys that got chosen because it seems like Williams for one is making a an an impossible play every other week and Ursua has just been flat out the most productive receiver in the conference if not the country so far so yeah, it's just one of those things where you feel bad for leaving people out because there's at least four or five guys that have really good arguments.
1: Yeah, that was that was a tough one. Maybe what should I do? Because on defense, we'll go to in a second. I, I my list I emailed out. I'm like, pick three linebackers, three defensive linemen, and I'll decide who gets the most votes to do a three-four or four-three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know because and then some guy from CSU said, hey, where's the fullback spot? I'm like, well. It's freaking fullback.
0: <laughs> <The> fullback spot. <laughs> yes. Exactly. What is this? 1978.
1: Also, he picked a CSU. I'm like, no, I'd pick the Air Force fullback, right? <laughs> if I'm going to pick one, right? That's the one. You Cole do, Fagan. Right? You mean? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I meant like, if you're going to pick a fullback, pick one from the trip option team. So pick one from Air Force or whatever New Mexico does. Mm-hmm. So overall, offensive lineman that was a tricky one. Um, There's a couple of ties like Colby Meeks, Quinn Ficklin, the center. I kind of went off to voting for who on my list, just so I'm how I made it. I went through who started every game, because you gave me an idea. Check out the game notes. Who started every position in every game. So if they start every game at their position, they should be a nominee. And I also went through, like, sacks allowed, running statistics. So that's kind of how I put put the vote out that way for who to choose. Mm-hmm. And like, oftentimes it's tough. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you going to do? I went through who played. If you play a lot, you're probably pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have anything, any complaints on defense at all? Because we do have two Fresno guys in defense, if you're wondering.
0: Uh, maybe not enough. You think more? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm there, just, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm a little biased because the defense has been really good. It's just, you know, it, it comes down to the art because I know that we've heard from other people about, like, why aren't there more Fresno State defenders in particular? It's just that the defense has been so good that, that the numbers haven't really had an opportunity to pop out you know and it's kind of the difference between the fact that like the the team leader in tackles for loss only has six that's michael walker Mm -hmm. you know the the team leader in sacks is george helmuth with, with three but then you look at a lot of the measures especially by uh football study halls stat profile you know they're still top 10 in in team defense success rate and explosiveness in average field position started. And they're in the top 20 as far as finishing drives. So it's, it's less of a testament to one or two guys and more of a conversation of just like as an entire unit, this defense has been insanely good.
1: That that's, that's what I was thinking too. Like they, there's good guys, but there's not, like I said, not the one or two eye popping guys outside of a couple. like, when you look at TFLs, five of the top 50 are all from, are from Fresno State. Yeah. They have Walker, who's at six. And everybody else, it's like four and a half, four, three and a half, or three. And mm-hmm. so they spread it out pretty evenly. And that can be part of it, too. Because, again, these when you look at this stuff, there's a reason Kalamina Padelo, P- Hawaii, is like who is up for d- Defensive Player of the Year for how good he's playing for Hawaii. Mm-hmm. He leads the league in a lot of categories. And so especially TFLs with 11. I think also sacks was six, I want to say. I don't have in front of me, but quite a few. So you're right. It's more of a team effort, but these things are like, it's kind of how you do yourself.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if you just go and look at how many plays Fresno State has had to face this year, the only team that has fewer plays against them, surprisingly, Air Force is number one. They've only had 310 plays run against them.
1: That's not surprising.
0: San Diego State's number two. Fresno State's number three. So that has something to do with it as well, I think. Yeah, but yeah. but also, yeah, as far as yards per play, oh by the way, they're number one in that too. Yeah, so.
1: and they're number two in points allowed in the country. So,
0: so if, I mean, if we had a vote for best defense, I think Fresno State would be well, a clear choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: clear, obviously. It's just there's other good players who make plays, and it's like with um, who was it last year? Oh crap, Frank Ginda, tackle machine, amazing. He's going to be on the team because the production puts up, and that's part of it because of. Either how many plays against them for San Jose State last year, or he's linebacker and the defense line can't tackle the running back and he gets it afterwards in the second level. So there's it's fine. They're the best defense, I think. It's not really that close because, but
0: I mean, I think you could definitely make a strong argument for San Diego State as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, but I'd say Fresno's number one. Yeah. All right, so let's do. A, we're going to wrap up this portion of the pod. well, I get that portion, but we're recording too, but. This podcast will be done momentarily. How would you um, – really quick, what would you say was the best game of the year?
0: Ooh, that's tough.
1: Just don't do this. Somebody voted and put not sure.
0: <laughs> well, maybe maybe he maybe he was overwhelmed by the, the selections.
1: <laughs> I didn't put a selection. I just said, enter your response. I left it to the voter.
0: So what about you? What was your selection?
1: I chose uh, Toledo, Nevada.
0: So what made you choose that one?
1: Points. I like points because our buddy Daniel Fresno finally came to realization that I like offense more than defense. Mm. <laughs> but that was an exciting game, right? 100, 100 plus points, just about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Nevada's. I just like points. They scored a lot of points. It was an exciting game to watch. I would, Another game I'd consider, Utah State Air Force, was a really good, fun game to watch, how that came down to the end because Air Force got close back in there. You can make it Arizona State, San Diego State is an option the uh fresno minnesota game like there's quite a few games hawaii Colorado state to start the year
0: i mean i think i would probably go with san diego state boise state right now
1: that was kind of ugly though
0: it was kind of i mean i you say it's ugly i thought it was more of a defensive well
1: no no i'm talking about the special team stuff you can't catch the punt you drop the ball on a kickoff those type of things are like come on you should that you should be better than that
0: yeah I like defense.
1: No, you do. No, that's fine. That's a good. It was a good game as well, but there's parts of it where I'm like, come on, you're doing that? And but here are the other options that pe- or the other answers. People put Hawaii, San Jose State just because it went to five overtimes. Are you a fan? That,
0: well, that game was insane and it, had a lot of twists it did. and turns.
1: The overtime portion was kind of... It's not anticlimactic, but it's like, come on, you can't make a field goal. Yeah. And we also had Nevada, Boise State, which was a pretty good one. Um... Aztecs over Arizona State and one vote for San Diego State Boys. I'm going to probably do an article. I'm going to bunch here on Thursday and Friday kind of rapid fire these results real quick. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, blah, blah, blah. We're a defensive player of the year. Matt, give us your general thoughts on your team so far. That was one of the questions I asked.
0: My general thoughts are that Minnesota loss is going to look more and more stupid as the season progresses. Because they have looked every bit the team that I expected them to be in the preseason. Not good. No, my team has been. Oh, no, I oh,
1: thought you referred to Minnesota still. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. I apologize. But it, it's, it is. So if they weren't, um, I know hypotheticals really hates this, where would they word 1st be ranked if they're undefeated.
0: Well, I think right now they're in the also receiving votes. Are they not
1: barely, which is a crime.
0: Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Um, I mean, I think they would probably be somewhere around twenty-three or twenty-four.
1: So they'd be behind a six-and-zero Cincinnati team. Behind, they a-
0: probably, they probably would be. It would be totally uh-huh. stupid, but they probably would be.
1: Did you see the Twitter thread? I think I tagged you in it. The guy who keeps voting UCF like twenty-fourth or twenty-fifth. I did.
0: <laughs> He's not wrong. Uh, Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that.
1: The funny thing is, like, really quick about that, he's, like, the voter. His AP outlier poll, he is kind of out there a little bit. So he's, like, he's – there's is an AP poll tracker that kind of goes your outlier versus the mean, I yeah, believe it is. I think Reddit does that. Right. I saw – there used to be a website that did it, but I, I forgot to link. But he's kind of the outlier, like, every week, which is not good because it's kind of by a decent margin. But his logic isn't – it's not foolproof, but it's also not bad because – you don't go off of last year's stuff because, yeah, they have a nice winning streak. It's helpful to start the year for some polls, even though it really shouldn't come into impact outside of, like, here's who's returning to consider last year, maybe not the results, but the talent. He he made a good point. Any other team who's ranked right now probably would be undefeated with their schedule as well. Yeah. And so there's that's consideration. you are beating up on bad teams. And that, that's, it, if you find – I forget who did it, but we retweeted it. But it's a little – nugget there and that's why teams keep jumping UCF and they'll probably hit a ceiling here at nine or ten and be probably 14th when the playoff poll comes out in a week and a half
0: yeah that sounds about right all right so let's move on
1: um if you are for a title game prediction I'll start with mine here I don't really have a team in the conference because I like University of Utah do I need to should I start picking a team every year so I can really dive into it and lean into people hating me more about stuff
0: that is entirely up to you I'll leave it at that
1: I'll think about it um we already did biggest. Oh, really quick! I didn't go through these. The biggest su- positive surprise overall: Hawaii for the group, and CSU for the disappointment. Also receiving votes for disappointment: Wyoming and Boise State. I'm wondering if Raj put that Boise State vote in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have a Utah State and New Mexico as a big surprise. New Mexico has been a decent surprise for what they've been able to do. Also, um, let's see this. So, projected title game matchup and winner: Who would you pick?
0: I think I'm going to stick with my preseason prediction,
1: which was Fresno Boise. Which,
0: Fresno Boise.
1: So you're saying Utah State's not going to beat Boise State end of the year?
0: Well, that's what I'm saying right now. Sure.
1: <laughs> I and who would your winner be? Was it still Fresno? I believe my winner.
0: My winner was Fresno.
1: Yeah, I'm going Fresno State Utah State, and sorry, but I picked Utah State, Matt.
0: That's unforgivable.
1: <laughs> you're done. No, <laughs> we'll see. I, I don't know. that be that'd be that, If you had to pick the, what's your ideal matchup? What would be the most fun matchup? Would it be Fresno, Utah State, or would it be like somehow Hawaii and like Utah State?
0: I mean, I think the most fun is usually the most unpredictable matchup. So I think Hawaii, Utah State would be super fun, but also one of those teams is because they play each other later in what October. Uh, something like that. So you know something's going to have to give at some point.
1: We'll see. I I I think uh, that'd be the most radical, but I still like to see Utah State first, No State, and hopefully it's in Logan so I can make the ninety minute drive to go watch that game in
0: person. Well, I hope not. I want to make I, the five minute drive. I know exactly. <laughs> you can take your
1: you can walk over there to get to it. So I, I theoretically could actually. Hey, we we're we're um that's fine. We can both be selfish in the same way. Um, anything else we discussed mid season? I think I've gone through all the questions I asked. Everybody, best game of the year. Anything else you want to bring up about the midway points?
0: Yeah, I think I'm all set.
1: You don't want to rail the American really quick anymore.
0: <laughs> no, I'll save it.
1: Okay. All right. So yeah, that's it. So check it out. We'll have a few more things up on the site, but go to mwy. dot com, and we have a midseasonal Mountain West football team. We have. I'm going to put up a few things like the team, the positive team, negative team, or overachiever, underachiever type stuff throughout the next day or two. So check those out. Please subscribe to our podcast over at iTunes, Stitcher. Tune in basically wherever you get your podcast, check that out. And we'll be back for a week eight preview for you and me, Matt. It'd be like two minutes or everybody else. Who knows? Go back to back, folks. See ya.